Hey everybody, it's your girl Nikki Washington. You're tuned in to Let Me Find Out, a witty take on life and culture. So excited that you've joined for another fun-filled week of the pod. Do me a favor, whether you are new or old, meaning this is your first episode with us or you've been with us all six seasons, make sure that you subscribe and make sure that you share. I say it every week and I mean it every week. This allows us to be found by people who might not find us otherwise. So thank you in advance for contributing to the cause. And last but certainly not least, if we are not connected on any social media, please feel free to holla at your girl. You can do that by going to any social media platform and my name will either be Nick Washington, N-I-K-K or Nick wash um, or Nikki Washington on Facebook. So one of the three, but wherever you go, you're sure to find me. Holler at me and let's connect. So without further ado, I know you saw the topic and some of y'all even got your gloves on like, I'm ready, Nikki. Let's turn the block. Let's smoke it. Let's do whatever. I don't know what the kids say today. <laughs> let's spin the block. I want all the smoke. You know what I'm saying? But um, um, nevertheless, this show is about uh, fighting fair. And uh, the notion and premise behind this show is, again, as we do with every week, this is not so that you'll have an exhaustive conversation about how to fight fair, but it's just so that you can get your, your wheels turning so that you can go on your own and say, you know what, let me find out. So we're going to be talking about some practical things that I think matter when it comes to fighting fair. Now, even though most of this will be in the context of a relationship um, us as singles, I really believe that we could take it, you know, put it in our back pocket for future use, or it's something that you could even apply to uh, your friendships because I think a principle is a principle is a principle, right? So in other words, how you, um, have disagreement with your, your spouse might be different because there's different level of intimacy. However, um, I think the general nuances of fighting fair are there. So I'm going to give eight, maybe nine things that I think matter when it comes to fighting fair. And then I would love your feedback. So yeah, in no particular order and no particular level of importance, let's get into it. Number one, acknowledge the pain. Super simple, right? But you'd be surprised how many people, uh, because they don't agree that their intentions were bad uh, when they caused some offense or for whatever reason, they think that because they don't feel the same way that maybe someone else's pain is not real. But I would highly encourage you to acknowledge that other people uh, may be hurt and you might be the cause of that hurt, even if you didn't mean it. Um, just because you didn't intend for someone to not be hurt by something you did or said doesn't make you uh, not uh, liable or doesn't make you not responsible. There's still some culpabilities you have to take on. There's still something you have to own, even if you didn't mean to. Um, I think that's a really big one. Uh, I forgot what, what TED Talk it was. I wish I could remember the guy who did it, but they, they were talking about the four horsemen. So maybe if you Google Ted talk for horsemen of divorce, but he was basically talking about if you see these markers, all this data has been um, compiled and they have found that people who have uh, these four things present have a high rate they found of getting divorced and they, they follow some couples along their journey. And when these things showed up, it was like a ridiculous number, y'all, like 90 some percent of people end up divorced when they have these four things. I can't remember all of them. And I know I've said it on this show before, but feel free to Google and you'll see what I'm talking about. But I remember, uh, in the Ted talk, he was talking about fighting fair and people, um, like uh, not uh, sweeping things under the rug and acknowledging what it is. And I think for someone who has ever been offended before, nothing uh, grinds our gears more than when someone tries to gaslight or make us feel as if what we're feeling is not real. So um, I think you do that when you don't acknowledge the pain. Again, you're not saying you agree or, or even that you feel like it's your fault. You're saying you're acknowledging that something that has been done um, at your hands has caused someone's 
uh, someone offense, excuse me, whether you mean meant it to cause offense or not. So number one, super simple, but I think it means something. Acknowledge the pain. Number two, remember that the goal is not to be right. It's to be reconciled. I think this is so very important because especially if we're honest, one of the genders, I'm not going to say who ladies, <laughs> sometimes if we're honest, we want to be right. And so you have to resist the urge to want to be right. You have to lay down your flesh and have it come subject to the word of God. And remember that you're trying to reconcile the relationship, trying to salvage, you're trying to meet in the middle. Um, you're trying to get right understanding. It's not about getting our points across all the time. It's not about, you know, always being right. Sometimes it's really, or not sometimes, all the time. It really is just about reconciling. And I know there's some men that do it too, but um, in general, I know sometimes uh, we can tend to have that under our belt. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking pointing fingers. I too have been there. Thank God for deliverance. So again, remember the goal is not to be right. It's to be reconciled. Number three, don't go lower y'all. <laughs> I saw a meme the other day that said, I'm paraphrasing when they go low, I go lower. I was like, no, not, not the twist on the Obama quote, but um, I want to just really encourage you not to do that because um, when you go low, when you weaponize information that people have given you in confidence, when you weaponize someone's trust in you, there's no rebounding from that. I would dare say almost never because you've taken it to a place that it didn't have to be. So I want to encourage you for the sake of the longevity of your relationship, resist the urge to go low. Always try your best to keep it above board because like I said, nine times out of 10, there's no turning back from that. So we don't ever want to get to a place where you use somebody's pain as leverage or as weaponizing because the reality is we don't want people to do that to us. So love people how you want to be loved well. And if you don't love yourself that well, love people in a way that is honorable and respectable. Amen. Amen. All right. Number, I think we're at number four. Yeah. Disagreeing doesn't mean uh, dissolving a relationship, y'all. We live in a space again, if we're super honest, where um, this culture, this generation and um, again, not pointing the finger, but a lot of times people lack fortitude. They lack the ability to just dig in their heels and do the hard work and fight for what they really uh, want. And hear me, I'm not saying that you take around and get abused, get abused because you're trying to like not lack fortitude. Now that's definitely a time where you need to go ahead and dissolve. No one should be laying hands on you. No one should be abusing you in any way, shape, form or fashion. But I'm talking about stuff that's little bickery disagreements. Um, you have to learn how to get in there and have a reasonable dialogue exchange and try to understand each other so that you can come to a mutual place. Just because you don't agree with someone doesn't mean you're not called to someone. In fact, I would like to submit for your consideration that it is almost 100% guarantee that you are not going to agree on a lot of stuff when you get married. It doesn't mean you married the wrong person. Again, a lot of times it just means that you have to learn how to come to the middle. Disagreeing doesn't mean a disillusion of the marriage or disillusion of the relationship. A lot of times it just means that you don't agree on that thing. And guess what? That's okay. Number five, seek wise counsel. I think most of us know this. So whether it's your pastor, whether it's your therapist, whether it's the combination of the two, um, seek wise, unbiased counsel. Now, brothers, you can't have your boy weighing in and you know your boy gonna have your back. Like you really have to have some unbiased, wise counsel because sometimes people on the outside can see it from a whole different vantage point than you can see it from. So make sure that your counsel is unbiased and make sure that you're seeking wise, keyword being wise counsel. Number six, give others permission to talk through a thought without being defensive. I think this is so important in a conversation where you are not agreeing because 
Um, a lot of times people are so anxious to get their point across, right? And in doing so, you might jump all over somebody's conversation before they've had a chance to fully flesh out their thought. And what if they're trying to flesh it out and in fleshing it out, they realize they were in error, but they know they won't get to that place because as soon as they open their mouth and say something you don't like, you're immediately jumping down somebody's throat, right? So I just want to encourage you to give some, some people grace and room to fully flesh out their thought. Maybe some people are speaking from a place of passion and as they flesh it out, they'll discover that they feel differently or maybe they saw a different angle that wasn't exactly the right angle, whatever the case may be, just give people room to talk, uh, resist the urge to speak over people. And I understand we all have done that time or two, but in general, I think it's just so rude when people consistently, because again, we've all done it, but consistently talk over you. Give people room to talk, give people room to breathe, give people room to process how they need to process in order to have a healthy conversation. Remember, the goal of this whole thing when you are having a disagreement is not so that you can be right and they can be wrong. It's not so that you can tell somebody off and run da, 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 run it up down one side and down the other. It's so that you can have reconciliation because you value your marriage, right? You value your relationship. You want it to last. So you do things to make sure you're cultivating a healthy space so that it lasts. And then we go to number seven, seek to understand. Again, this goes back to communication. I forgot what uh, class I was in. It was some kind of like uh, business, something from the class. And they were talking about the definition of communication. And they were basically talking about a lot of times we think communication is just, I said what I need to say, but communication really is not in your saying, it's in the receiver's receiving. So by definition, a communication is not that I said it, but that you understood what I said. That is communication. So again, seek to understand somebody so that you can have healthy communication. So if you are keeping count, we are number seven, headed to the last one, number eight. But again, I just want to touch over the one through seven, just in case I went through too fast, because you know we give bite-sized nuggets on this show. Number one, acknowledge the pain. Number two, remember the goal is not to be right, it's to be reconciled. Number three, don't go low. Don't weaponize people's trust. Number four, disagreeing doesn't mean disillusion of the relationship. Uh, number five, seek counsel that is wise and unbiased. Number six, give other people permission to talk through a thought without being defensive or without cutting people off. Number seven, seek to understand. Again, the definition of communication, and I'm paraphrasing, is that the receiver understood what you said, not just that you said it. And then last, but certainly not least, being silent isn't always a good thing. Now, listen, I know somebody's like, wait a minute, Nikki, hold up. But hear me out on this one, y'all. There are a lot of times where people think because they don't give a rebuttal or a reply that they're being peaceful or being amenable. But just like I talked about that TED Talk, they actually talked about one of the ways you can uh, note if a divorce is imminent is when people continually and consistently bury how they feel and bury how they feel and they never address it and they just stay quiet about it. They literally said when contempt uh, rises up in your relationship, when someone blows up over the trash can, it usually is not the trash can. It was all the little things before the trash can and the person never just said it. And a lot of times people who are quiet really think that they're being amenable by being quiet. But did you know being quiet and not saying how you feel can often be a form of manipulation? because you're trying to control the conversation, control the narrative. So you have to resist the urge to go mute just because um, you're frustrated. Now hear me, I do believe wholeheartedly in uh, stepping back to regroup and to process your thoughts. So I think that's different from going mute. Um, I think the difference is when you're trying to process, at least you're letting your spouse know, hey, I'm just going to need a minute. If you can give me a minute to process through how I feel, and then we can get right back to having this conversation. But I want to make sure my words come out correctly. That's processing. But uh, processing 
is not just being silent and your spouse knows nothing about where you are and you got attitude and you silently walking around fuming because you think it's just quote keeping the peace keeping the peace is not always a matter of being silent there are people who are silent and you can be manipulative people who are silent and they're silently protesting people are being silent and they're silently written you off I forgot where I heard it, but this, I heard this one uh, guy, I think it was a podcast. He basically was talking about how, you know, he had the ability in his former relationships to let people keep doing all this, this stuff for him. But in his mind, he had mentally checked out. That is a form of silence when people just mentally check out and you think everything's good on one end, but they're like out the door. That is not a um, healthy thing that you bring into any kind of relationship. Again, if this is your marriage and it's worth fighting for, um, giving someone the silent treatment is not the best way to bring about resolution. And oftentimes it can be um, if you're weaponizing it, a form of manipulation. So again, I listed eight. I could have went on and on, but my hope is that you'll do a little research for yourself so that you can find out how to fight fair. Because the reality is, I know they told you something different in the movie, sis. And I know, bro, you thought a submitted woman means that she would never have an opinion opposite of yours. But the reality of it is, um, there are uh, times in every relationship where you're going to have conflict. You are not going to see eye to eye. You're not going to like each other every day, but it doesn't mean that you pick the wrong person. It doesn't mean that you are not called to each other. A lot of times it simply means that you're having a disagreement, which I would consider an opportunity for growth so that you can come and meet in the middle. So I hope this list helped you. If it did, go ahead and hit me up on social media. It's Nick uh, Washington again, or Nikki Washington or Nick Wash, wherever you're logged on. And um, yeah, as always, I look forward to hearing from you. You have been listening to Let Me Find Out.